everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Please Christmas Movie Countdown. I'm here with Otis. Yeah, how's it going? And it is Christmas Eve, and we are almost done with our Christmas movie countdown. Today, we watched A Christmas Story from 1983 as one of Otis's favorite movies ever. And if you haven't seen this movie, I don't understand anything about you. This movie plays everywhere at Christmas time. It's on every single channel. They play it nonstop. There's like marathons of it all the time. This is like one of the classic films that everybody has seen. This film came out in 1983, and it's the story of a boy named Ralphie who all he wants for Christmas is a Red Ryder BB gun. He has to somehow figure out how to get his parents and Santa and everyone to believe that he is worthy, basically, of a Red Ryder BB gun. And all the adults are basically like, no, you're going to shoot your eye out. And they don't trust him to be ready or to need a BB gun. So it's basically just him going through this whole thing. First, he tells his mom, she says, you're going to shoot your eye out. Then he tells his teacher, she says, he's going to shoot his eye out. Then he tells Santa, like, as a last-ditch effort, like, all the adults in his life already told him no. So he asks Santa, and Santa says the same thing, like, you're going to shoot your eye out. So he's just super sad, and then in the end of the movie, the only grown-up that he didn't ask was his dad, and his dad ends up getting him the BB gun. And then he does shoot his eye out. So, you know, adults were right. <laughs> all right, now for some fun facts on this movie. This movie was based on a book by John Shepard, who narrates the film. The book was called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. It's a collection of short stories that Shepard wrote for Playboy magazine during the 1960s, including the ones about the tongue sticking on the flagpole and eating Christmas dinner at a Chinese restaurant. The subplot of the mangy dogs constantly harassing the old man was taken from another one of his short stories, called Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. In that book, the character of Ralphie is 17 years old. All the nonsense that Ralphie yells while beating up Farkas was completely scripted, like every single word, so he wouldn't mess up. In the tongue on the flagpole scene, there was a hidden suction tube that was used to safely create the illusion that the kid's tongue was stuck to the pole. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he didn't actually stick his tongue to the pole. Darren McGavin, who played the dad, ad-libbed the profane rants while fighting with the furnace and speaks complete gibberish the entire time to ensure that they got a PG rating, so he doesn't actually say any cuss words. Avid fan Brian Jones purchased the home that was used for the exterior shots in 2005 for $150,000. He spent a year restoring it to match the home from the movie and on November 25, 2006, opened its doors as a tourist attraction. It cost him nearly $500,000 to restore it and make it look like the movie. Director Bob Clark worked with writer Gene Shepard for nearly 10 years on the concept of a Christmas story before the film was made. The film's setting is a town in Indiana, but was actually filmed in Cleveland, Ohio, to resemble the Indiana town of the 1940s. Inspired the creation of the show The Wonder Years. Oh, cool. Yeah. So kind of the narration of the kid's life and just how he was describing everything really set the tone and gave whoever the idea for the Wonder Years. The people of Cleveland were incredibly cooperative during filming, donating antique vehicles from every corner of the city. These vintage vehicles helped to enhance the authenticity of the production design. 
During the filming in downtown Cleveland, the Antique Automobile Club members, whose cars were used, were given a route to follow on Public Square. They were instructed to continue circling the square until otherwise instructed. Road salt was a major concern for the car owners, and the cars were pressure washed after each day's filming and parked underground beneath the terminal tower. Bob Clark's success with the teen sex comedy Porky's in 1981 allowed him the ability to make a movie he wanted to make. Without Porky's, there would have been no Christmas story, which is crazy to think about. When they filmed the scene in the Chinese restaurant, Melinda Dillon was purposely given the wrong script and everyone was in on it. She had no idea that the duck would still have its head on the first time she saw it, and when they were filming, her reactions during the entire sequence were not scripted, which is what the director, Bob Clark, was going for. Ralphie says he wanted the Red Rider BB gun 28 times in the film. The model rifle, as described by Ralphie in the film, is a mistake. When John Shepard originally wrote the story of Ralphie and his gun for the story in God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, he had written about the gun based on his childhood experiences, but had misremembered the details of the Red Rider BB gun. Specifically, the weapon did not have a compass or this thing which tells time as Ralphie refers to the sundial. Those features were a part of another BB gun model made around the same time. According to Clark, no one realized the mistake until it came time to produce the gun for the film and they were informed by the Daisy Rifle Company of the error. So the gun in the film is actually a custom-made hybrid to match Shepard's recollection. And because of this film, the Daisy Rifle Company finally decided to make BB guns like a real Christmas toy. And they sold out for like the next two years oh, over cool. Christmas because of the popularity of this film. When Scott Farkas, the bad kid in this film, the bully, first appears, the wolf theme of, from Sergei Prokofiev's Peter and the Wolf plays. Farkas is derived from the Hungarian word for wolf. Although he occupies most screen time in the film, Peter Billingsley only has about 93 lines of dialogue. So he's on screen most of the time, but most of the words that you're hearing are just the narrator. Will Wheaton auditioned for the role of Ralphie, hmm. originally. And in Ralphie's classroom, there are two African-American students, which both Otis and I noticed and thought that was weird because desegregation hadn't taken place when this film was supposed to take place. So although this movie came out in 1983, the actual story takes place in like 1940-ish. Um, there's some discrepancy on the time because some of the things suggest that it's 1937. Some of the things in the film suggest it's 1940. And then one of the songs that they play is from 1943. So they kind of messed up in the timeline when they were like putting everything together. But it's early 1940s and... Desegregation had not happened yet. All right. Who is your favorite character in the film? Uh, it's tough. Watching it again, I kind of have to separate it from the adults and the kids. Uh, my favorite adult is probably the dad. Yeah, um, he's, I a, he's agree. a typical, like, grumpy dad that has to deal with a lot of just dumb shit around him and stuff like that. Uh, really funny. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes with him is the, um, the, uh, the turkey. Him just messing with it and stuff. Uh, real silly dude. Real, uh, when he gets home, he doesn't really give a shit about a lot of stuff. Like, Ralphie's little brother just comes out of the cabinet for dinner, and he just kind of looks at him and just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, I don't even care. I don't care why my child just came out of a cabinet. Little kids are weird. You just don't question it. Yeah, so that's my favorite adult. But kid-wise, uh, probably Ralphie. 
out of all of the holiday movies that we've watched, usually the main characters are kind of assholes uh, for a big chunk of the movie, and then they get better. Uh, Ralphie's just a kid, and not that bad of a kid, honestly. He doesn't really learn a lot, honestly. He doesn't at, learn anything. At the end, he, he you know almost shoots his eye out. And, and he, then he lies about it. Yeah, he lies about it. He gets away with it. Uh, if, I guess, if anything, he learns that BB guns will potentially put your eye out. But no, he, he stays the same. If anything, he beats up a bully. Yeah, he does beat up Farkas. But yeah, uh, Ralphie's probably one of my favorite like holiday main characters of all time because he doesn't really have to get better. He's just he's pretty good at the beginning. It's just his misadventures. So even though I didn't like some of the things that she did on film, I like her acting choices or the way that she was kind of whiny. I think my favorite adult in the film is probably the mom. Mostly for the scene uh, right after Ralphie like beats up Farkas and he's just like freaking out. Like mm-hmm. he's in tears because he beat up the bully and he's afraid that he's going to get the shit beat out of him by his dad and his brother's afraid that he's going to get the shit beat out of him by his dad. And mom just like, you know what? It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. And then she covers for him. Like she just says, Oh, Ralphie got in a fight, but it's been handled. Yeah. So he doesn't get his ass beat for, like, beating the shit out of that kid. And I really, like, that was the turning point. Because I didn't like a lot of the stuff she did up to then. Because I felt like she was just overacting a lot. Like, all of her hysterical moments in the film were just over the top. But in that moment, I decided she was my favorite um, adult. And then... For kids, I really like Randy, the little brother. Yeah, Randy's pretty good. Because he doesn't add really anything to the story, except he's just Ralphie's little kid brother who, you know, doesn't really understand anything that's happening around him. Like, he doesn't want to eat any of his food because he's five or whatever. He's a little kid. And then he barely has any lines. He's just, like, kind of whiny the whole time. But he does have all a lot of the relief, like comic relief in the film. Like, when she dresses him up for school and he can't put down his arms and, you know, he's he's pretty funny. And he's just, like, your typical little brother. And I think what solidified him as my favorite is when the fight happens the first time when the bullies show up and they, like, push him over and he just lands on the ground. And instead of getting up, which he definitely can because we already saw him get up from falling over, he just lays there like he's dead so that the bullies don't mess with him. And that's fucking funny and really smart of a little kid to do. Like, it was pretty fucking funny. Okay, who's your least favorite character? Uh, watching it this time, probably the um, the Santa Claus when they go to the mall. Cause, Man, um, get out of my head. Uh, you know, because Ralphie realizes that he's got a last-ditch effort. He's got to talk to Santa because he's higher up above you and his parents. And <laughs> I understand... The elves and Santa Claus, how they feel. It's like new it, Christmas Eve. They're tired. They want to go home. And just about every kid that gets in their lap just screams at them. Or probably pee in their pants. Well, okay. But the way that they, those elves were handling it, it was like, pick up, throw that kid on Santa's lap, throw that kid down the slide. Like, yeah. <laughs> those kids were justified in their screams. Like, this shit was hella ridiculous. Yeah. But then I really enjoyed that when... Ralphie, he he kind of seizes up, and he can't tell Santa that he wants a BB gun, and he's like, okay, just get him off my lap. And then he's going down the slide, and he, like, forces his way back up. He tells, finally tells Santa that he wants a BB gun, and, and Santa's like, put your eye out. And then he just, like, kicks him in the face down the slide. Yeah, he, he's a piece of crap. I love that scene. 
but yeah, that Santa's a piece of crap. Yeah, I agree. That Santa was trash. <laughs> uh, blah. He's definitely the worst adult in the film. I think all the other adults are kind of just normal, typical adults. Like, the teacher was your typical teacher from any movie that you've ever seen. Like, she wasn't over-the-top and angry like Miss Crunchbull, or she wasn't, like, you know, super happy and nice. She was just, like, your average teacher. Yeah. She, she did give him, like, a C-plus for that paper. Yeah, because he wanted a BB gun, and BB she, guns are she dangerous. She shouldn't grade him off of what the hell he wants. Oh, I know that. I know that, but it was to move the story along. I know. He probably had some grammatical errors. The kid's only, I don't know, 12, 10. But yeah, that Santa was a piece of shit. All right, what's your favorite scene in the film? Uh, It's tough watching it. Again, like I said, I really like the uh, situation with Santa Claus where he like climbs back up the slide to tell him. There was one more scene that I really liked watching again this time. Uh, Honestly, I'm going to go with the fight. I know that feeling that Ralphie said. He's, uh, I can't remember how he described it. He said like, this, this white hot feeling in his like, stomach. Yeah, it like, bubbled up inside of him. Yeah, man. When a bully just picks at you long enough and you just fuck this. And he rushed him. Hit him with a spear, and he just proceeds to beat this dude down like five minutes. All his friends come up, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, because he's just cussing and and speaking in tongues, and it was a really good scene, and and it, it was real nice. It's it's probably one of my favorites. My favorite scene is when Ralphie's mom suggests that Ralphie go help his dad uh, change the tire, and he's like super excited and ready to help. Because he's never been asked to help deal with, like, repairing a car before. And then he gets out there and his dad's like, what are you doing here? And then his dad definitely warms to the idea of him helping. And, you know, starts to tell him what to do. And there's, like, this, just for a minute, just for a second, there's, like, this heartwarming moment where the two of them are, you know, working together to fix the car. And then Ralphie, like, makes a mistake and drops all of the bolts, <laughs> like, to put the tire back on. And he just says, fuck. <laughs> but he, like, they edit it, so he says fudge, and then the narrator's like, but I didn't say fudge. And I just fucking laughed, like, because that's so fucking true. Like, the first time a little kid cusses in front of their parents, or the first time a kid cusses in front of their parents, is a huge deal. And <laughs> the dad's reaction is, like, perfection of a grown-up reaction to it. He was like, what did you just say? Like, he didn't hear it. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets soap in the mouth afterwards. But I, I love that scene. I love when they get back home and the mom's like, where'd you hear that? And he, he rats out one of his friends. And the mom calls that mom. And she's like, well, guess what Ralphie just said? You know? And she says it. She's like, what? Not that. Where did you hear it? And he's like, probably from his father. He's like, no. <laughs> heard it from your son. And she's like, what? And, and then she... you hear over the phone, this kid, I assume he's, like, reading a book in his room. And then she comes in just hot, swinging on him. And you hear him just in pain, screaming, so what did I do? He's like, what did I do? What did I do? And, uh, yeah, those, those mystery-ass whoopings, like, I've had one of those before. And you're just sitting there just playing video games. Mom just rolls in real quick. You're like, hey, what, what, what's happening? And you just start getting beat up. You're like, what did I do? And so you're confused. <laughs> you're trying to defend yourself. You don't know why. So I, I feel for him. That's like my second favorite scene because I, I know how that feels. Just yeah, it was pretty great. This mystery beat up. All right. What did you think about the music in this film? Uh, music was great. Um, every time I uh, watch it, um, I hear a little bit more. 
because I, I don't really listen for the music. I have friends that, you know, that's the thing that gets them going through movies and stuff. I hear it, but I don't, you know, hear, hear it. But yeah, I had a ton of stuff, you know, music from Peter and the Wolf, uh, all the typical Christmas music. They did have to date a little bit of it because um, a few of the Bing Crosby songs, I think it was technically a little bit further because like Little Orphan Annie and the music, but yeah, it was well. That stuff was all from the early nineteen forties. Yeah, yeah. So, but what with the music they had, uh, it worked out pretty good. There were a lot of live music moments and just really good classical pieces. So not even like Christmas related, but just really good Christmas songs. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. Um, not the love theme, but when the the teacher reads his report. Like, yeah, it's called Dawn or Spring, something like that. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's, it's very a, famous. It's like if you don't listen to classical music a lot, you would recognize this song from like every cartoon you ever watched as a kid, specifically Bugs Bunny. Like, if you ever watched the Bugs Bunny cartoons as a kid, it was in that all the time. Like, every time he would put on a costume and then pretend to fall in love with Elmer Fudd, like, they would play that song. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, it, tons of classical pieces and stuff. Uh, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Yeah, I love the music in this film. I pay attention to the music a lot when I, when I watch movies. That's, like, one of the things that I am focused on typically. But I never really watched Christmas Story a lot growing up. So I don't watch it very often. Like, it's not one of those movies that I have to watch every single year. Like, I'll watch it if it comes on, but it's not something that I need to see every year. So it's been a while since I've sat down and, like, really, really watched and focused on this film. And in doing that, I realized how much great classical music is in this. Like, the love theme that we were just talking about, the Peter and the Wolf. And the main theme that they play at the beginning and throughout, like Ralphie's kind of theme in the film, is from one of my favorite works called The Grand Canyon Suite, which is actually one of my favorite works because of Disneyland. Surprise, surprise. Um, if you've ever been to Disneyland and you've ridden the train in a full loop around the park, the section between the Tomorrowland station and the Main Street station, there's a like cave area that you go through that does this prehistoric wonders, like, diorama thing, and that has dinosaurs in it, and it plays the Grand Canyon Suite. And as a kid, I loved dinosaurs, so I just associate that song with those dinosaurs, so that's why I like that song so much. And then the rest of the soundtrack is really good, too. They had um, Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters um, on there, and, like, some old classical carols and stuff in were in there, too, so the music in this movie is really good. What about the feels? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's out of all of the Christmas-themed movies we've watched and stuff, a lot of them are, like, you know, Christmas-adjacent. It's Well, Jing All the Way was a Christmas-themed one. It's, like, him trying to find a toy for his kid. But this one is probably the most Christmassy of the ones I've seen. Like, it's legit, like, what, three, four days before? No, it's probably a week. I mean, Home Alone. Both the Home Alones. Yeah, but, you know, that's more about him just trying to kill burglars <laughs> but this one is like legit him trying to get this toy and then him trying to survive all the way up till christmas just in different ways and just it, it, it seems like every day something christmas related happens and then that's where the story just kind of progresses yeah but yeah this uh it's pretty good 
I really felt the Christmas feels at the very end of the movie when he, you know, Christmas is all over, like they've unwrapped all the presents. The little brother is just like asleep underneath the Christmas tree, hugging his toys. And it's Ralphie and the mom and the dad just sitting and talking, you know, about what he thought about Christmas, how he felt about Christmas, you know, did you get everything you wanted? And he's like, you know, almost. And the the dad just surprises him out of nowhere and gives him the one thing that he's been asking for the entire movie. And it's like, for a majority of the movie, like 99% of the movie, the dad just plays this hard ass. Like, he's always grumpy, and you don't really think of him as being sensitive to the kids. He doesn't make a lot of, like, sensitive conversation with the kids. It's just like, hey, what did you do today? And at the end, you really get to see, like, how much he cares for Ralphie and his kids. And he's like, his mom's all concerned, like, you got him that gun? And he was like, yeah, well, I had one when I was eight and I was fine. Like, Ralphie can do it just fine. And he kind of calms the mom down about it. And I really love the fact that the dad, like, the grumpy dad was the one that, like, gave him the toy that he wanted. That was, like, the best feelings for me in this movie. What about memories associated with this film? Um, just about every year, uh, when I was young, um, we watched this. Uh, it's it's in my list of uh, movies my mom always uh, would sit down and watch. And I think it's, what, TNT or not TBS, uh, some channel now, still to this day, uh, they play it 24 hours. And um, that we always caught this at some point. And then uh, people would come over and then we would just have the movie going. And I don't know, something about my family... We've all seen this, and they all would, like, recite lines from it. But, uh, yeah, we watch this every year, and, yeah, so I've, I've seen this a ton. Like I said, I haven't watched this film, like, every year. It wasn't one of those traditions in my family. I did watch it a few times when I was a kid, like, when it would come on randomly. We would watch it, you know, at, at Christmas time. Um, but I think my memory associated with this film is more the BB gun, because when I was, like, and maybe uh, my grandpa decided that it was time that I learned how to shoot. So he gave me this gun, the, like the Red Ryder BB gun that's in the film. And yeah, and then I, the, the first time I watched this film after getting that gun, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so fucking cool. I have the gun from the movie. <laughs> and I just like super hyped about it. Like I didn't, I didn't remember it being a big deal in the film when I got the gun like it wasn't because it wasn't Christmas time it was just like I don't know my birthday or something and then the first Christmas after when we watched this film I was like oh my gosh that's my gun and I like got out the gun and then after we watched the movie I went outside and did some target practice and <laughs> had a ton of fun okay what about your seven word synopsis a kid gets proved wrong and blinds himself <laughs> Nearly. He had glasses, so he protected his eyes. <laughs> but he nearly fucked himself up. Uh, Ralphie asked for BB gun. Is that one word? Yeah. Okay, for BB gun and gets it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like fit in the whole name of the BB gun, like the Red Rider carbon fiber dual action like, it was, this is way too many words. Do you have anything else to add about this film? Uh, no, it's great. Yeah, um, you it, should definitely watch it. It's simple to the point. It was made in, what, 83? 83. 
Uh, I it couldn't have been more than an hour and forty minutes. It is an hour and thirty four minutes. Yeah, uh, it it got its point across, and as you know, I like a good Christmas movie that gets its shit in and gets out. I don't need something that's three hours long. Teach me about the fucking spirit of Christmas. It can go fuck itself. Uh, hour and a half, man. Anything <laughs> after that, I'm, I'm starting to get grumpy about it. But no, this was Except great. Die Hard, because Die Hard was two hours. Oh, uh, it's action, so it has something to supply <laughs> coolness. And it just, like, oh, these ghosts are telling me to be a better person, even though I should just be better by myself. Ah. I, that is a big gripe I have about Christmas movies. Like, I get that A Christmas Carol is a classic story, but why does every single fucking person in the world need to do their own cover of fucking A Christmas Carol? Like, there's the Muppet version, there's the Jim Carrey version, there's fucking the Sir Patrick Stewart version, there's the new one that just came out on Amazon, I there's who is Scrooge, Scrooge in that one. There's, there's like 700 versions of it, and a whole bunch of movies that don't come right out and say that they're related to Christmas Carol, but it's the fucking basic plot of Christmas yeah. Carol, like, click. Yeah. It's right? like, you're fucking up, here's, like, the future without what? you there. And you're Ghost like, of uh, Girlfriend's Past or something like that? Yeah. Like, it just, like, is nonstop. Like, find a different storyline, Hollywood. Make up something else, because we have enough Christmas Carols. Like, we get it. We don't need 700 more. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah, but- so you should totally watch this film. It's only an hour and a half. It's great. Yeah, check it out. Save it for next year or watch it tonight. You know, enjoy it uh, tomorrow on Christmas. Just have a good time with it. It's a great movie. There's only... I don't think there's any bad words in it. Uh, well, the dad says, like, PG stuff. I know he says, uh... He says bitch at some point, I thought. I think he's just saying gibberish. Or... But it sounds like bitch. Or he says ass. He says some curse word that is... You know, yeah, there's like a curse, a curse word. You know, frowned upon, but you could say it like at work, and it wouldn't be like it's not as bad as fuck. You know. Yeah, there's like one or two curse words, maybe. Um, I thought he was talking than, about some sports guy. I thought but he was other like than some that, bitch. Or, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He does when he's talking about the trade of that baseball player. And then when the dogs come in, he's like, like he he like mushes his words together. Yeah, I couldn't tell what he was saying. He said the name of the family is that Sons of Bitches. Yeah. But he just mushed it together. <laughs> yeah, but it's right in that moment, it's like unrecognizable enough that your kids wouldn't notice it. Yeah, so. but the adults are like, I would call them Sons of Bitches. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So you should definitely watch this with your whole family. It's a freaking classic. And I can't believe you didn't bring up the uh, the Christmas dinner. Oh. So after Ralphie, it's after the, the eyeball, right? Yeah. Uh, after Ralphie almost blinds himself and he comes in. They uh, leave the door open. Yeah, they leave the door open. And so uh, they bring it up earlier in the movie, but every time the dad gets home, uh, these pack of, like, like coon hounds that live next door, because they have country bumpkin neighbors, they always rush the dad. For some reason, they they love him, and they 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 only listen to the dad for some ungodly reason, but he has to fight them off for a couple minutes before they listen. And so the door's open, the dogs come in, there's at least ten of them in the scene. Uh, and the turkey dinner is, like, cooling on the table, and so the dogs break the table, rip everything up in the kitchen, and they run away. And so, uh, the family, the dad, pissed off, but keeps his cool, tells everybody to get dressed, we're gonna go get dinner. And they find a, what was it, Chinese? 
We go to a Chinese restaurant. A Chinese restaurant. And Katie, <laughs> they, they're they singing the family uh, Christmas carols, but deck the halls. Yeah. And Katie, uh, I tried to explain why all their L's were R's. Otis tried to rationalize the intense racism. I didn't. I, I just was telling you where that was coming you're, from. No, you're perpetuating the stereotype. <laughs> Chinese people and Asian people can fucking say L's and R's just fine. In their language, they don't have L's or L's or R's. That's why if they were reading something and it was like fa la la, they're like, oh, that's an R. Fa ra 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 ra. And he's like, no, 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 fa la la. And they're like, I don't know what that la is. Ra ra ra. It is racist, I will say, but there is some type of fact, fact to it. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that's where they're, they're coming from with it. Okay, yeah. I was upset at the racism. <laughs> so yeah, that's a Christmas story. Go check it out. Watch it with your kids. And we'll see you again tomorrow for our final film, Christmas Vacation. Yay! We're almost done. All right, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllentownPod. Email us at AllentownPresents at gmail.com if you have any questions. And tell all your friends. Listen to us wherever podcasts can be found whatever your preferred podcast listening situation is you can find us there where we will be on iHeartRadio on january 1st well a little couple days after soon at the beginning of january we're getting put on it'd be cool if we automatically drop it but it's like oh we have to look at every episode you did and now we have like a billion so yeah we have to check them all make sure we're not talking about penises for an hour what if we were? Who cares? Well, they have to set it for explicit and all that Oh, stuff. it's going to be explicit anyways. You know how many times I've said fuck in this podcast? I know. But it, it just, like, with Google, it took a while for it to pop up. Spotify gave no shit. And I was like, hey, I want to put this on Spotify. They're like, well, good. Yeah. And it was up. iTunes took a little bit, but Google was, like, the longest. Because they're like, well, we have to check every episode to make sure this isn't, like, a smut film or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, soon we will be on iHeartRadio, so... Yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Tell all your friends. Come have a listen. We've got lots of cool things coming up. We've got our Simpsons podcast, Mr. Sparkle Power Hour. We've got 20 Minutes at a Bar. We've got uh, Spooky Movie Sundays still happening. We've got all sorts of stuff. So come join us for more movies, and we will see you tomorrow, hopefully, for Christmas Day and the movie Christmas Vacation. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Love you. See you guys.